Hello, and welcome to French Tech News with Chris O'Brien and Ethan Pierce, an audio and video podcast series highlighting important stories in English in the world of France's startups, its entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem leaders. Our objective is to continue to open this incredible ecosystem up to the Anglophone startup and investment community worldwide. And speaking of the podcast and all of our past discussions and interviews, head on over to your preferred podcast platform and search for French Tech News and give that a subscribe, as well as the video podcast on YouTube. I would like to welcome our guest today, Stephen Leguillon, CEO at Sena, as well as my co-host in this French Tech News journey, Chris O'Brien. Welcome, everyone. Good to be here. Hi, Ethan. Hi, Chris. Good to have you. I'm super looking forward to this discussion and learning more about what you're building at Sena, and I'll hand it off to Chris to start us off with the first question. Thanks, Ethan. And yeah, thanks for joining us, Stephen. It's it's great to see you again. I know we were pre-show, we were just sort of joking around about uh, LeWeb and, and how how long ago it was we first met. Um, and, you know, it feels like the whole ecosystem here has uh, been on a massive journey since then. But I want to talk a little bit about you first. Um, uh, maybe just to, before we get into Sena a little bit, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, particularly about your previous startup, uh, La Belle Assiette. Yeah, sure. Um, well, a pleasure to be here. And thanks again for, for the invite. Um, Myself, so I've been uh, an entrepreneur in tech companies uh, for 12, 13, 14 years um, and started several businesses. Um, a first one in the UK called Appetize, a second called La Belle Assiette, and then a third um, called Go Cater. Um, La Belle Assiette, uh, I believe, co-founded, well, I know I co-founded in 2012, and this was a private chef service. So. Uh, cooks who come to your home, chefs who come to your home and prepare meals that we grew in several countries um, and that ended up uh, uh, being a, being a, a partially acquired um, and then founded another business called GoCater, uh, which was a B2B marketplace um, that was acquired in, in 2018 by EasyCater that was doing the same business as we were. Uh, we were doing France and Germany. They were doing the, the US market and had a 10 years uh, advance on us. Um, and uh, they acquired our business and I joined Easy Cater's team to uh, lead international markets. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. Um, left a fantastic company, Easy Cater, to go back into uh, the entrepreneurial world um, and uh, uh, discovered Sena and what uh, the great team was doing and partnered up with them uh, as an entrepreneur with an operator background to, to, to help develop the business. Maybe just to dive into kind of those details. So you're not a founder te uh, technically of Sena, but but you came in very early. What was that draw? What pulled you away from what you were doing to want to be an entrepreneur again in this particular project? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, um, it's hard to stay away from entrepreneurship. Um, it's just, you know, look at look at different profiles. You see people keep coming back and coming back and coming back. I knew I wanted to um, to uh, to launch uh, another business, to run another business. I'm fascinated by it. I, you know, I I I see my job as a hobby, right? It's it's very easy. There's no strain on it. I, I absolutely love it. And uh, but what makes great companies is the people, right? And the complementary skill set of the people. And I'm sure we'll get into what Sena does, etc. But um, Sena operates in the insurance space. And to, I think to build a really big and impactful company in insurance, you need a wide variety of skill sets. 
You need, of course, the insurance skill set, which is a very technical industry. Um, and then you need to bolt onto that the technology skill set, the uh, operator skill set of creating companies and building companies. And Sena uh, was founded in 2018 uh, by great um, experts in the insurance space. And they had built up the really great foundations. So really, I'm, I'm standing on shoulders of giants. Uh, but I partnered up with them as an entrepreneur, invested into the business um, to be the additional partner who could bring that operator skill set and, and, and add on to Sena that had done really the good foundations on the insurance part of our business, add the technology side to it, and add also essentially what is scaling a, a, a fast-growing business. Um, so we, 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 you know, we partnered up together. It's another kind of entrepreneurship. Uh, it's not the same entrepreneurship as starting in your uh, in your in your studio or your apartment uh, with your with your co-founders. But you know, joined uh, quite early. I think there were there were thirteen, fourteen employees at the time. Um, we had uh, already raised a fourteen million euro seed round, so the company was very well capitalized, and this and the team was pretty extraordinary. Um, so it was uh, an easy place to go into and 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 be as you know a, a CEO. And and I've been building up uh, and the company quite substantially since then. I, I'm just curious if I can ask um, how that kind of came together with the with the existing co-founders, because I mean, I think you, you, you've been around long enough to know this, but I, I'll say coming from Silicon Valley, there's such a cult around the concept of the founder and the founder led company. And, 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 you know, the, anytime that moment comes when the founder steps aside for whatever reason, good or bad reason, uh, there's a feeling that something's probably going to be lost. So obviously, of course, you know, you probably weren't in a position to just muscle your way in and, and you know, take over yeah. the company. So the, so walk me through that a little bit. Was it just sort of an evolutionary thing where everyone realized, hey, there's something uh, interesting we could all do together? Yeah, so um, there's always different stories and the details of the stories are quite important to understand the impact on the business. Um, as, as you mentioned, Chris, um, for instance, my first conversations were with that founding team, right? Um, I was introduced by one of the shareholders. Uh, when I left Easy Cater, my first approach, um, was to speak to several of my former shareholders. You know, like, so I'm, you know, I have a lot of time, uh, and I want to get into another project. And I had a few ideas of things I, I wanted to launch. I had also looked at other business models of acquiring businesses and then developing them, uh, which were more, you know, in the private equity type world. And then uh, very, um, uh, you know, informally, uh, I got introduced by, uh, uh, I got introduced to one of the, of the three co-founders of Sena, just, you know, have a chat. Um, and, and they were at that point having that uh, thought process of saying, you know, we have the insurance side, but we don't necessarily have the operator side. Um, or the technology side, maybe we need uh, an additional partner on board. And then we spent weeks and weeks and weeks, while I'm exaggerating, we spent about six weeks chatting. Um, initially, I wanted to identify the skill set of these people uh, and the market opportunities. So I did a bunch of due diligence, but there's only so much you can do if you want to move fast, you know, and as an entrepreneur, you need to take risks. Um, and uh, about six to eight weeks later, uh, you know, I had partnered up and, and, and was working with them. And I think what helps, you know, the founder-led side part of your question, Chris, is um, 
you know, as a repeat entrepreneur, I, I join as an entrepreneur. You know, I'm not joining as a hired exec. So I think that that smooths things over. You know, I wasn't looking for a job. You know, I was looking for a a, a startup to to grow um, and joined joined very early. And and the partnership today works. I think it's obviously something that is observed. You know, where no no churn on the team. Um, uh, the business you know grew about six times this year. So the growth is here. A new uh, round of financing was was announced recently. So uh, uh, the uh, uh, the chemistry is there. Um, but I think Chris, very short conclusion to your question is, um, it's much easier when you yourself are a founder. Uh, because you know what it's like, and actually, I had done the other way historically. I had given uh, the, uh, the 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 lead of uh, one of my former businesses, La Bellesiette, to another CEO, and I when I I also wanted to move away. So when you've been on both sides of that particular table, you also know um, uh, the emotional aspect of it. Uh, you you know, and, and there's a few tactics to put into play, uh, but. Two entrepreneurs working together is always easier than uh, than execs coming in and and uh, and then you know we we hired many of them after but it's a it's, it's a slightly different approach. Well, let me just follow that then. So you know the other thing that strikes me you must have had a bit of a learning curve. I mean, I, I'm sure you've been like all of us insurance customer your whole life and had some experience as a founder, business owner. You know, dealing with different aspects of the insurance company, but. Um, what was that like? And, and when you kind of looked out at the insurance sector in general, you know, what are the, what are the big problems that industry is facing? Sure. Um, well, it's one of the advantages of coming in with a very fresh, uh, um, unbiased eye. And actually what I did for maybe the first six months is I just spent time with customers or prospective customers because we didn't have many, you know, uh, initially. We had some, but just the first, the first bunch. And uh, and it helps you approach an industry just by uh, the user problem instead of um, uh, having all those constraints. And when you're in insurance, there are a lot of constraints because it's a very, uh, uh, well, the supervision is, is, is quite high. Um, and so what I managed to, well, what the team had initially identified and what I learned by spending time with the customers is, so we, we're going to get into what Sena does because obviously we, we try to solve these pains, which I'm going to, I'm going to speak about. But um, when you, as a company, when you want to uh, protect your own customers, so when you want to distribute insurance, when you want to sell insurance, uh, whether you are a broker who wants to sell insurance or whether you are a brand or a merchant who, also, who wants to add insurance to their, um, uh, their, their initial transaction, it's very hard to get that done right. Right, so um, it's hard to get the correct insurance product. Getting a tailor-made product is all, almost impossible. So finding a, a risk carrier who wants to to work with you, um, and and then the second pain point after getting the right insurance product is, it's good to have the, a good insurance product at the right price with the right coverage, etc. But if you don't have the software, if you don't have the tooling to create a good client experience. Your product, from an insurance point of view, may be unbelievable, but the end customer experience is going to be poor. So either the experience of buying a contract, you know, can be very clunky, especially when it's offline, because you know most of insurance is still sold entirely offline. And then the whole experience of when you have a problem and you're finding a claim, 
And, you know, we've all been through this is you phone, you know, you as a customer, you're calling and say, I have this problem, you know, my, there's a leak in my house. And, and they're like, call this other number. And they're like, we can't find you, Ethan. We can't find you, Chris. Who, where's your contract? Who's your carrier, et cetera. And all that is basically because the, um, the, the technology that uh, brokers, that claim managers who are, that are basically companies who are there to, to answer the phone and manage the claims that you're filing, and even insurance carriers is, is outdated, right? Uh, and so but through that research, we identified that those are two big problems to solve, right? And, and essentially what Sena does is we try to make it incredibly easy to create fantastic customer experiences if you want to sell insurance to your customers. Um, and we bring to you two, well, we bring to you a, a technology platform, so a software, on which you can really do that full stack. You can find and have the insurance product created, specifically uh, tailored to your needs. And I'll give you some examples. And then you also have the software to do the integration so that you can sell it very easily online, offline, embedded or not. Um, you have the software to do your claims management or to get a third party to do your claims management. You have the software to do all the compliance, all the payments, all the accounting, et cetera. It's basically a one-stop shop for insurance brokers and, and other types of insurance distributors. Um, and, uh, and it's basically, it's a very, very much an enabler business model. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe it's linked a bit to, to, to the background of the team, but we, um, we have two types of backgrounds in the team, either from insurance. So for instance, uh, Jean, who's one of the co-founders and chief insurance officer, he's been working in this industry for 20 years, right? He's been a carrier, as a broker, as even a supervisor, right? Um, and he wants to solve problems of his former colleagues. He doesn't want to replace his former colleagues. He wants to solve the problems of his former colleagues, right? And me coming in with a, a tech operator background, similarly, you know, if we can bring the technology to the entire space so that they operate more efficiently, it's a success. Um, so, so it gives you a, a picture, I hope, of, you know, of what Sena does. But yeah, my first six months were a steep learning curve about the industry. And it's a technical industry, so you need to be pretty comfortable with numbers. Um, especially our, our current business model is an insurance carrier business model. Maybe we can get into that in the second point as to where we're going, but um, which uh, also means you need to get the numbers right. Thank God I have much better people than myself on the team. And I think that's how you're supposed to operate. Um, and, uh, and I don't even try to be better than them. I just try to help them, you know, and get out of their way and let them do their job uh, very much so. Um, which is why Sena works because I could um, I could base a lot of the growth on the solid foundations and the shoulders of of, of the people already and and the new people we hired since then. I can share the pain uh, of the idea of of there's a the service that's out there that's potentially really good in terms of the offer, but but hasn't really caught up to the current world we live in in terms of technology. It started a new SAS in October. Started the company online. Have complete online banking have the accountant that's completely online. All of that, I didn't speak to a single person. I just clicked on buttons, said yes, paid for the things, and I got what I what I asked for. Then I went to insure the company and had all the major regular players, the, the names that we would think of, and all I got was phone calls from people and Word documents and PDFs sent to my, my, my email box that I had to process in a way. It just, it was a very unintuitive and very friction-ridden 
process of trying to figure out what, you know, with different questions about, okay, what's this, what this, it was all go back and forth. There was zero, uh, it just wasn't easy. And so I, I clearly identify that, you know, it's some of those things are even worse now because once you get used to having the ease of working with these platforms, like I said, you know, I, the company I used plus the government now has it so that everything is, is instant to create companies. You just have a couple days to wait for some of the legal announcements and things like that to pass. Then I signed up for Quanto and then I signed up for my online accountant and all those things were super fast and super easy. And so it's even more of a dramatic encounter when you run into something that's being done like it's in 1960. So uh, <laughs> I feel that pain. So it's great that that's what you're working on. Yeah, and I mean, um, on that specific pain, what we try to do is is be the infrastructure on which a company that would want to address you very well, so make it super easy for you to buy insurance for your liability as a company. Uh, if, if an entrepreneur wants to do that, they they have so much. If Sena wasn't around, it's incredibly hard. They need to go find insurance products, negotiate insurance products with carriers, which is going to take them 18, 24 months. They need to build up all the technology themselves. There's no, well, this is what we're trying to build, but it's not like you can do sh Shopify for insurance, you know, and in three seconds you're up and running and the perfect experience. And I hope you won't have any claims, but I can't even start to describe the user experience you're going to have if you have a problem, right? Um, you're going to be on the phone a lot. Um, and, and so that's, you know, we, we, we try to help entrepreneurs and other, you know, entrepreneurs or even en intrapreneurs who are trying to add insurance to the existing business model. We, we need to make that easy and we need to make a good client experience very easy to create. And that's a tough problem to crack. So speaking then on those complexities and those challenges in this particular market, you mentioned in the, the press release for the funding that you're waiting on some regular, regulatory approval in France. So maybe the, uh, the other side of the complexity, which is how complex is it to launch an InsurTech business? Uh, because it's, if it's complicated for us as the users, then I imagine that uncomplicating that is also rather complex from the process you have to go through to get authorized to do that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... Sena uh, is particularly hard because we decided to solve the problem really at the, uh, uh, at, we really wanted to solve the, the, the source of the problem, right? Um, not just, you know, put a little bandaid over. So we, we, we did it the hard way and we created from scratch an insurance carrier, right? So we can carry risk the same way as Chubb can do it or Axel or Alliance, right? Um, and that was two years of work to get the license. Um, the French regulator, once you have the, 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 the license in one European country, you can then ex you know, very rapidly uh, use it for other European countries. Uh, but in France, they hadn't given out a license for the types of risks that we uh, enable in 30 years, right? Um, on health, um, Alan, a fantastic company, had done it a year before us, but I think they worked on it for two years or three years before that. You know, they, they, they were the pioneers on, on health. Um, so it's, a, it's tough to do. Um, and, um, and unless you, um, and, and, and you need to have good reasons to do it as well, because you can have another business model, which is a business model of being a broker, so an intermediary where you don't have to follow that same level. You still, there's still a lot of restrictions, but you don't have to follow that same level of complexity. Um, a, a very easy example is um, saying uh, at any time we need to calculate our solvency rates, right? We need to uh, 
uh, have a enough capital to cover the risk and we don't keep all the risk on our on our balance sheet it's it, you know it's it's covered by other people behind it but it's very technical even before you do you know one dollar one euro of, of of revenue right um but it was it was required to solve the end the problem that we're solving which is you know help others sell insurance very easily um i think now every day it's getting easier it's just like a lot of other technology companies. You know, now there's a lot of services you can use if you want to start, you know, e-commerce or if you want to start a marketplace or if you want to start even software, you can, you know, piece, um, you know, it's, now it's a lot more a puzzle, you know, piecing together different s- solutions you can find and, and, and being original how you, how you piece them together. In insurance, it's not really the case. So it's still very tough. Um, uh, but that's what we're building. Um, so ideally we'll make it easy. Um, but you know, I think we have a decade worth of, 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 uh, of, of software engineering to, to, to do it. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to, to, to build up and we're going to get a lot of things wrong. So uh, a lot of iterations as well. Well, just following on that idea then for a second, I mean, this is, I, I'm sort of probably not as obsessed as you are with InsureTech, but have become sort of fascinated by the growth of this industry in France and in Europe. Uh, you mentioned a couple names there, um, but, you know, we've seen overall that this has become a fairly hot sector, and a lot of times it kind of gets put in a pile with fintech, um, but really it's it's kind of its own, I mean, so there's a relationship there, but it is kind of its own thing now in terms of the growth of just insuretech here. Um, and so, you know, it strikes me there's the big incumbents that you mentioned, and then there's at the other end there's, there's these other startups, and again you mentioned a couple of them, who kind of tried to slice off a piece of it maybe and and deal with something. But we now we're seeing them kind of expand. Uh, I was just talking with Luca, for instance, uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, they bought a German company to get their, you know, get into Germany, but also they got the insurance carrier passport with that, so they can start to to build that. So. Where do you guys kind of sit in that ecosystem? Are, are all those companies potentially partners, competitors? Um, it, it, for me, as an outsider, it seems like a pretty uh, complex puzzle of how all these things fit together. Of course, of course. Um, mo- mostly partners, right? Um, uh, or clients of Sena, uh, because we can provide any insure tech that has the business model of selling insurance you know most insure techs do other insure techs do the software layers etc but any let's say client facing insure tech can be a a client of sana because they all need the same two things you know they need insurance products to sell to their clients um and then they need software to run their business we were a bit late for certain um that you mentioned you know we weren't around before luco started and uh, we're we're not, we don't yet enable um, home insurance, uh, you know, from a software and from a risk-carrying point of view, but we will in the future. Um, and so the pain which you mentioned, which is it is so hard to work with incumbent risk carriers and it is so hard to build the technology is what pushed, you know, for instance, Luco to, to, uh, and, and others to become a risk carrier because it's, it's a real problem, right? Uh, problem at two levels. The first is you you realistically cannot tailor products with the information that you have specifically. So I'll give you an example. 
if you as a as an insurance distributor build up specific data about your clients, right? You've figured out something and you think you have an edge on, and, and you want to adapt pricing to that particular segment of clients. If you do that with incumbent carriers, it's going to take you 18, 24 months to get any change done, any tweak on your insurance product. And that's not acceptable, right? Um, and the second thing is it's very costly to work with incumbent carriers because there's a lot of reporting, a lot of manual sending of data back and forth. You know, essentially everything costs you money. Um, and uh, insurance is, there's a lot of volume, but margins are relatively thin. Um, and, uh, and sometimes you're kind of forced to go up the value chain to own more of the value chain to keep more of the margin for yourself. That's also something which we're attempting to change with Sena because we make it very cost efficient, right? We're trying to turn risk carrying into more of a commodity. The same way as you don't have your servers in your in your in the basement of your office anymore to run your website, you use the cloud. You know, risk carrying is the same thing, right? It's foundations of a lot of business, but you shouldn't be operating it yourself. It's very costly. It, you know, if it shuts down, you're 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 screwed. Um, and and it's and and Sena is essentially going to try to bring risk carrying, you know, into into a a, mod, a modern day. Um, so it's a complex ecosystem. I think a pretty you know, astute way of framing it is who looks after the clients, finds the clients, sells to the clients, um, who provides technology so that you can build your business on top of it, um, who carries risk, right? Um, and then who, and you know, and then there's the reinsurance part, right? Um, and so if you kind of frame it that way, uh, one of my, you know, part of my thesis is um, distribution. So finding the clients is very hard. It requires being very good in marketing, building a very strong brand, and then being very good at upselling and, and, and creating great client experiences is already very hard to do. And, and, uh, and so companies should be able to focus just on this. Today, it's not really the case. And then, and then the, the infrastructure in which you build that kind of business should be another business, right? Um, and, uh, and, and modern technologies enable that. It, it was very hard to do before, but I think with modern technologies, we can make that happen. If we look at then at that continued journey of the things you've had to put in place to build this company and to, well, to start the process and then continue building it, let's talk about some of the funding. Even in the kind of the current environment that we've seen the past bit uh, with some crazy raises and valuations and things, 33 million is still a, a very big Series A. What was that process like? And maybe some of the... Uh, I don't know, maybe the decision process that you went through in terms of that valuation and and the the venture capitalists that you ended up working with. So uh, we had already already you know historically raised a substantial seed round, right? This was fourteen million. There was two plus twelve, but it was you know in in two tranches linked to us. This was even before we you know did a euro of of revenue, right? Um, and, uh, and so it already kind of laid the foundations of the type of business we were trying to build. We're trying to build a very big business, right? Without a doubt, right? So the market we're going after is huge. It's it just at a European level. Uh, our goal is that SENA enables all the PNC market at a European level, and that's 560 billion euros um, of premiums annually that are you know being circulated between the on the value chain. So the opportunity is pretty huge. Um, and so we decided um, last year, uh, once we had uh, 
set up the rap foundations with the you know with a solid team and we had all the proof points that we wanted both on the insurance and the technology side uh we had um matured um our ability to find new clients and repeat that we thought okay this thing works um let's uh, let's go big right um and so um to kind of give a bit of behind the scenes uh you know uh, it's always fun for 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 these types of conversations um we started uh, discussions uh in September 2021 um and we officially uh, closed um in early December um so um it you know i even in this crazy world of you know um a lot of very very large rounds being raised and crazy valuations um uh, I mean, some entrepreneurs maybe managed to raise in a week. Uh, you know, it took us, uh, you know, a couple of months to get the whole thing done. Um, I think uh, we're very, very happy. We we went out there trying to find really two complementary types of investors. Um, one type that would be, you know, execution focused, like really we know how to build very big businesses very quickly. Um and uh, and uh, we uh, worked with White Star on this, and I've known the team for White Star, from White Star for eight years. Um, so we you know we we go way back. Um, and uh, and but but that's not all we needed. We also needed technology, right? Um, because at the end of the day, we're really building a big tech platform. Um, and uh, and then we got the chance to work with Elaya, uh, who has a you know a deep tech history. Uh, in insurance, for example, they backed a shift technology that is just an unbelievable company in insure tech. Uh, they provide a, a technology for 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 fraud and and claims um, using a you know deep technology, and that was a bit of an inspiration because we needed both uh, to come in. So White Star helped us uh, you know structure it, and then Elia came in, and uh, and it's important to mention our. Um, we we felt very confident because when we decided to raise, our current shareholders said. You know, we've got you. They said they wanted to, um, you know, they wanted to invest more than the space they managed to get, but they gave us the confidence to go raise a big round, <clears throat> um, and that helps, right? So it's a uh, global founders capital um, alliance uh, and and Eurasio working together, um, and Financière Saint James. You know, they basically said, look, we uh, we would do this round entirely ourselves, given the traction, and 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 we're very confident in this business. That helps you as an entrepreneur to go on and have these conversations, you know, uh, uh, even in this world where the amounts raised are, are, are crazy, you know, you still have to go on and say, hey, I want to, you know, when you're in front of investors and say, we're raising a 30 million Series A, you got to, you know, you got to hold together. And, you know, to provide a bit of context, there's, there's 25 people on this team, right? Um, so it's also, you know, a large round in, uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a mark of really trust into what we're now going to execute. You know, we want to hire about seventy people in the next twelve months, um, so we have to show that we're able to execute. Um, I'm very happy with the uh, the way things panned out um, and the board we managed to constitute. You know, with these a very good mixed skill set now uh, working on Sena. That's great, and you you touched on a few of these points, but I'll ask this question anyways uh, to kind of uh, wrap us up a little bit here. You know, looking ahead, you, you've got that round behind you. Uh, you've got a lot of momentum, it sounds like. Uh, looking at the next six months, the next year or so, then what are the big challenges? Just hiring people you need, building out the platform, or 
So maybe two types of challenges, you know, what we need to make sure we get done internally and what we want to deliver to customers, right? Um, what we need to get done internally, so, you know, the, the, the CEO side of things, the internal CEO side of things is, um, is structuring the team, you know? Um, so we have all, you know, the right leaders in place. Um, we have the great uh, foundations with the initial 20, uh, 25 people who are there, who are, um, you know, great skill set. And I think, are, you know, the culture is holding. Um, and, uh, and, but it's a whole other game to get to about 100 people from there. You know, there's a lot of transformation. So we need to make sure we get that done right. Um, if we get that done wrong, it has a huge impact on the future of the business. Um, so, so a lot of focus on that. You know, I think now I spend more than half my time just on hiring. Um, and by the way, for everybody listening, we are hiring extensively um, and very senior roles, right? Uh, the, the, the average age at Sena is 34, right? Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not, it's not 45, but when you do that, uh, on average, uh, you know, at a startup, it can also, it can often be, be much younger, right? Um, so we're looking for experienced candidates. Um, that is our main thing. This, the second thing internally, me as CEO, is making sure that um, we we balance that insurance and technology skill set uh, as we grow as well, um, because uh, it's what makes us really relevant to our clients. Is that we know what they're doing. We're not just building technology. Um, without having a deep, deep understanding of, of the industry. Uh, and then, look, our, our goals are, you know, um, there's a few different goals. First is go much deeper in the technology, in the software that we're providing to brokers. Um, so, for instance, our claims management tooling is, I'm embarrassed by it, right? It works. No, but it's true, but it works. Uh, but it's clunky and it's so far away from you know what is required to do great end customer experiences that we need to invest a hell of a lot in there um we we have to go much deeper into the offline selling experience you know tooling because you remember you know 90 percent of insurance is still sold offline right so if we really want to enable this market we need to make that happen properly it's still software but it's software you know to to, to look after offline items so there's a big chunk on the on the technology side and then we're expanding the 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 types of insurance plays that we enable. So for now, we enable um, companies that want to sell six types of insurances, ranging from extended warranties distributed at you know at uh, uh, for example, if you go buy a computer in a store and you buy an extended warranty, to pet insurance, to rent insurance. You know we we're on six you know events and 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 ticketing cancellation, and we're gonna. Uh, this year we're launching health insurance and health insurance is actually our first mass market in insurance. When you say, you know, niche, it's a bit of a joke because it's still billion euros of markets, but um, health insurance on the French market is 13 billion euros, right? And protection is 15 billion euros annually. So we're going to expand. It's the same platform. It's the same go to market. It's additional investments and more team members, but it's the same play, let's say. And we're going to do that on health insurance. And that'll be very interesting for Sano because we're going to go um, into the first mass market. Um, and for 2022, we're, we're still um, focusing on French clients, so France-based clients. But what we're doing, our first steps of internationalization is we're allowing them to onboard their international business onto our platform, providing that they are a French broker or French distributor. Um, and that's, a, you know, it's a, 
it's an important step. It's not a baby step, but it's an important step to then in 2023 go really deep into other local markets internationally. So there's a lot to get done. You know, it's already the, you know, we're recording this on 22nd of Feb. Um, wow, already two months, you know, we need to speed up. No, but there's a, you know, it's a, a lot of work, but, but, but fun. Well, it's fascinating and, and it's super interesting to hear your experience that you've then applied from a different market, but as a, as somebody who is a builder, as a, somebody who's able to actually execute on these things, applying that into a new space. I think that's encouraging to hear also because sometimes we, I think people have this idea that people are kind of born into maybe the vertical that they're, that they see entrepreneurs working in and, and that the reality is, is there's a skill set there that can be applied to other types of projects and that, that I love the idea. It's really integral to where the French tech, I think, ecosystem is at now, which is this iteration of talent that is now moving on to their next project or next, next project which makes complete sense then why we're seeing these incredible companies being built now based on these years and years of experience. So super interesting. Thank you for walking us through uh, uh, what you've built and what you're building now at, at Sena. We really appreciate you taking the time, Stephen, to be with us today. Uh, so thank you. And thank you as well, Chris, for being here. Thank you both for the invitation. Yeah, that was a pleasure, Stephen. Good to see you. Thank you as well to our listeners for joining us for this episode of the French Tech News. Want more news and stories from France's incredible innovation ecosystem and its entrepreneurs? Subscribe to the French Tech News with Chris and Ethan on your preferred podcast platform and switch on notifications to be informed of new episodes as soon as they are released. You can connect with Chris and me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm at Ethan Pierce, that's E-T-H-A-N-P-I-E-R-S-E, and Chris O'Brien is at O-B-R-I-E-N. Let us know if there are guests that you would like to see on the interview podcast, as well as any stories that we should take a look at. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.